For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Urban Pitch Podcast, The Beautiful Game of Life. Today we have Daniel Gamba. He is the GM of SoCal Sports Club. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, John. Pleasure to be here. Great. Can you describe to the audience uh, your club when you guys started and kind of what, what it's about? Yeah, of course. Um, we started basically about a year and a half ago. Um, we we started um, together with the facility management of the San Bernardino Soccer Complex. So we, we had access to the facility. We were just trying to find ways on how could we leverage the facility more proactive. Mm-hmm. You know, so we decided to put together a team and eventually showcase the local talent, mm-hmm. provide an, an opportunity, a platform for the local players to um, to showcase their skills eventually with the players that are aiming to pay, play for professionally right. in a higher level. Um, you know, we got, I would say a little bit unfortunate. We launched the club the same day that a, a tragedy mm-hmm. hit the community. Right. The, sh- the shooting, uh, The right? shooting, yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> we kind of took a little bit of a couple steps back mm-hmm. and we we went a we want to be respectful to the community. We didn't want to be perceived as um, that we were taking advantage of promoting ourselves on top of a tragedy. Mm-hmm. So that hurt us a, a little bit, mm-hmm. but we still were very successful the first year. I can say that, you know, off the field, we've done extremely well providing a platform for kids to 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 keep themselves busy and playing professional right. soccer. And uh, we did extremely well in the season as okay. well. So. You guys play in NPSL, which is the fourth tier of American soccer. Right? Yes, that's correct. What do you What do you think about the American soccer pyramid right now? You know, a lot of changes, right? Yeah, a lot, yeah. A lot of changes. Yeah. Yeah. And as a GM of a, you know, you, do you consider so when you when you meet people and you talk to them, do you call it amateur? Do you call it semi pro? How do you refer to NPSL? I, I personally refer it as a semi pro okay. because I think the NPSL defers itself from other leagues at the same level because mm-hmm. they provide us the ability to sign professional contracts okay. with these players. So um, some some teams might choose not to, which is fine. You know, you, you can have a professional entity playing against amateurs. Um, but I believe in the model of owning the player rights. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's what you're lacking a little bit of in, in U.S. soccer. Mm-hmm. You're lacking of more teams... Uh, finding ways to to own these players' rights okay. and eventually capitalize on that. I, I think the U.S. like American audience doesn't like that terminology, probably right. They can, but then like you're you're Brazilian, you have a Brazilian background, and that's right. just kind of like common, not only in Natural. South America and, and Europe, right? Kind of like owning the player contract and the rights, right? Right. Yeah. I think you have a strong team, okay. which we call the top team, and mm-hmm. uh, anything that you leverage out of the sales, perhaps mm-hmm. of the assets that you have on the top team, mm-hmm. helps fund the youth model okay you know and and it's very different than america i understand right. that but 
um, if we felt that America was doing things uh, the way it should be, mm -hmm. we wouldn't be doing anything different. So mm -hmm. we want to not try to reinvent the wheel, but yeah. just to apply some of the ideas that's being used abroad into into American soccer because we believe there's a huge potential here. Okay. So you're the GM and also co-owner of the team. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. What do you think motivates most of the most of the um, other NPSL owners? Like, you know, are they, do you think, I'm sure there's a variety of different reasons and motivations, but are, do you think most of them are investors at heart? Are they just fans and they're willing to break even or you know, potentially lose money? Uh, what, 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 you know, what causes an NPSL owner to create a fourth division team in the U.S.? Hmm. It's an interesting, very interesting question. I think um, there are different kind of demographics there. There is the guy that's um, retired mm -hmm. and he has a huge passion mm -hmm. about soccer and he feels like he can and usually use, those guys are foreign born right most likely <laughs> right they weren't like they didn't grow up in the u.s right no. some businessman from europe or something or they grew up in the u.s <laughs> okay. you know and and they they have enough money that they want to bring a little bit of what they leave uh when they were little mm -hmm. into into and give it back okay. so they have a few guys that that think that way we okay. we know of a few particularly okay so it's like a passionate owner that's kind of like a hobby and he's right. retired okay mm -hmm. so there's that kind there's of that profile. there's the guy that probably has a kid okay a son or somebody okay that's growing up in soccer and mm -hmm. they feels like they need to have a little bit of a platform okay. for their kid to right. showcase their skills okay you know, there's right. also that the okay. parent the, the, the indulgent parent that also happens to have money to exactly. be able to allow his son to follow his dream. Okay, yeah. there's that owner. There's okay. that owner, that too. There are teams now, um, you know, youth academies that, um, you know, realize it, that they need to provide a little bit right. of an exit route sure. for their kids. So it's like an investment vehicle, right? Mm -hmm. You can only do club soccer for so long, but mm -hmm. if there's no target above them, right? It's kind of like, right? There's yeah. nothing for them to go for as yeah. well. Yeah, so you play youth soccer and yeah. from 6 to 18, and after 18, mm -hmm. I'll tap in you back and say, thank you very much. You've been great partner here, and now the, now the club, now there's nothing else I can do for you. Right. I cannot offer you anything. Okay. I don't have a pro team. I, I might be able to offer you uh, a showcase with right. the college where a coach can come and see you, okay. but there's nothing there. So there's some youth teams that are perceiving that. All right. Where do you, where do you fall under then? What uh, profile are you and your uh, partner? I, I I think I'm a little bit of a mix, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I I I personally I have a son, obviously, mm -hmm. uh, but I'm not doing this for my son. I How think old is your son? Eight, eight, eight years okay. old. Yeah, I think I I am doing for him, but also for his generation as a okay. whole. I think uh, um, kids need to have a better platform mm -hmm. to showcase their skills. Uh, I feel like I don't want to I don't want them to fall into this model where. Um, I don't want soccer to be perceived as a very expensive babysitting, you know, mm -hmm. where what are, you, what are you getting out of youth soccer right okay. now? It's like you pay to play, right? right? And parents are, you know, investing on their kids. Mm -hmm. But between, you know, if you read it between the lines, maybe you can say that they're just paying for somebody to watch their kids for two, three hours because mm -hmm. what are you getting out of that? Okay. You know, I mean, you have that ex extremely good soccer player right. that can eventually become a pro. Okay. You have a good player that can eventually go to college. Okay. What do you do with the guys that don't make it? Okay. So mm -hmm. what, yeah. So what do you do with those guys then? Well, if you have a platform mm -hmm. where you have an exit route 
and then you have a top team where you can provide them an MLS or an abroad opportunity. Mm -hmm. And if they're not ready to go to that level, they can play at a USL or a minor league right. level. Okay. Or you can convert that guy into a passionate, you know, soccer enthusiast. Mm -hmm. and, and then eventually going to be a consumer. Okay. Eventually they're going to um, say soccer has given me to, to me so much mm -hmm. and I'm going to give it back to soccer. I'm going to work with soccer. I am... Right going to make my kids soccer passionate because soccer gave me so much. You know, you have to have something more off the field. You know, I think mm -hmm. right now it's it's not enough there. Okay. C kind of going with what you're saying and uh, giving multiple options, right? Um, what do you think about, uh, because U.S. soccer is really different from the rest of the world, right? In a lot of different aspects, right? Mm -hmm. what, what do you think about promotion relegation in the U.S.? <laughs> I know it's a huge seat. topic. Yeah, yeah it's seat. a hot topic, but what do you think? Uh, I think it's essential. Um, okay. Part of part of the idea why we invested in in the NPSL mm. is it was an I guess I don't want to say cheap, but it was a more affordable um, option for you to own a club. Okay. I think the money yeah. should be invested in the in the players. development, right? Okay. So when you say cheap, how much are we talking? Because you know I have, I've read online, you know, mm. like the the varying uh, amounts like per year but like how how much does you have to really have up front in order to have an mpsl team i mean the franchise is not expensive okay. i mean depends how you look at it things sure. but it's comparing to other leagues mm -hmm. i think fifteen thousand dollars which is what it cost it's not it's not a lot of money okay and then to run the team yeah. uh, on a yearly basis i think there's people running the team as low as twenty five thousand, okay, uh, and and there's very good teams out there running as two hundred fifty, three hundred thousand dollars. Okay, so it's it's a it's a huge gap. Okay, but let's say for example, like me and a couple buddies, right? Okay, mm -hmm. we're able to scratch fifteen thousand together, and then another, you know, fifty thousand on top of that. Are, are we going to be able to just pop into NPSL and create a team? You should. You really? should be able to. Yeah, okay. it's not it's not a very expensive. I think there's uh, there are owners right there yeah. that have been very. Um, open and mm -hmm. publish their numbers mm -hmm. i think uh the owner of uh stockade fc dance uh was one of the founders of uh, foursquare i think he's even wrote it about it you mm -hmm. know in kind of like motivating people to right. hey it's actually doable you mm -hmm. know you don't need that much money I see. The, the the thing is yeah you might have enough money to do it for one year okay well, what is the sustainable model on yeah. the long term yeah. like you either got to find a way to have fans that's mm -hmm. going to pay your bills or you have to have um a, a good ex strategy to sell your players eventually that to help you fund your club right. otherwise you're going to be keep opening and closing clubs as right. which is kind of the tendency right yeah, now right. and we don't want that right we don't want this Absolutely like uh, yeah. you know opening and closing all the time huh no okay that's so why then, i yeah. think that's why i think promotion and relegation is mm -hmm. essential you know i okay. don't i want every single club that we compete against to succeed mm -hmm. you know i honestly yeah. want them to do well I honestly want them to beat us because that's going to incentivate mm -hmm. and motivate me to beat them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's actually going to be, um, you know, my my feel mm -hmm. to, to get better and do better and spend more and invest yeah. more. You know, so I, I think promotion and relegation is essential. Maybe MLS doesn't participate. MLS is this okay. exclusive entity. Okay. But I think they should open up, you know, all these... For the lower divisions. For the least. lower divisions, yeah. at least. And there are lower divisions already doing that. I yeah. believe UPSL. They just started Yeah, it, right? they just started, yeah. which is great. All this is really good. You know, okay. hopefully we can roll that idea in into other leagues yeah. in this yeah. country. Okay, that makes sense. Because I think there's been different... Uh, suggestions, right? But I don't mm -hmm. think it'll ever happen in the U.S. all the way from the top, like you said, with MLS, right? Because there's just it's it's a 
it's an investment, mm-hmm. right? Sizable investment for those ownership groups, right? right? At MLS, and they're not going to take that risk of being relegated, right? They just no, won't. I don't think so. It, yeah. it, it has to start it from the bottom up. Um, I think starting from lower leagues may be the solution. Maybe mm-hmm. down the road when things are a little bit more sustainable, yeah. then we can implement using MLS or not. Mm-hmm. They might choose just to be out. Okay. I think, um, you know, it's it's hard because the biggest part of your operational cost is going to be travel. So if, if you open up, you know, a, a fourth tier team to yeah. play a second tier team, and then you have to travel across the country, that might be 30% of your yearly budget yeah. with the cost of flying yeah. And, yeah. and going yeah. over there. That's one of the things they say is because U.S. is such a big country, right? Right. You're it's not going to be able to you know, go all the way yeah. from coast to coast, right? That's why yeah. they do this regional model, right, for the right. lower divisions. And that's a, I think that's where they should continue going. Okay. But also, you know, we do a lot of bad things in Brazil. I guess mm-hmm. we're, we're not... Um, like what? In, you know, Brazil as a country is a little bit disorganized. You okay. know, you see in the Olympics what happened, the legacy that we left. Uh, it wasn't the most. Um, it wasn't the most responsible usage of money. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. Okay. But I think one thing that Brazilians do very well, they tend to help each other behind the mm-hmm. scenes. Like um, the clubs are really, you know, as as much as people criticize the National Federation, yeah. the National Federation fund a lot of the travel. Mm-hmm. Um, that allows these minor league teams or this second tier, third tier, fourth tier teams to keep a sustainable operational model. So let's say if U.S. soccer perhaps when they look at that and say, huh, I'm making XYZ money in, in, in TV rights, right? Mm-hmm. Let me take a side of this and let me spend some of this in investing in operational costs. Mm-hmm. They're going to help these teams to be sustainable right. so they don't have to be keep closing doors every week or every year mm-hmm. and then there's it's every year there's 10 teams that close doors and another 20 that open mm-hmm. yeah it's not a sustainable long-term yeah. plan and, yeah it's not good for the fans especially right no not at all i mean you don't pop up a team and you yeah. have 300 people or a thousand people coming in your stands you know it's it, it takes some time and, and you need that long-term strategy so i think it needs to come from u.s soccer too they need to reinvest some of the money that they're making in, into these lower division teams, perhaps maybe assisting them with operational cost will be the, mm-hmm. the, the the start. You know, that's what the Brazilian Federation okay. does. You're kind of in a, do you consider yourself in a tough market or a good market? Because you're in San Bernardino, which mm-hmm. is, you know, Inland Empire, and it's not like the heart of LA area, right? It's, it's on the outskirts and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you have a lot of professional teams out here mm-hmm. uh, on various levels. Now there's LAFC on top of LA Galaxy. There's other USL teams, right? Are, do you, are you do you feel that that's that's good or bad for you in your market? You know, well, I, the way I, I look at things, it's any, anything I do in life and okay. answer a new question. It's the half empty cup, half full cup okay. analysis. You know, obviously you can look at ways of saying that's a bad thing. Okay. You know, to be in San Bernardino. You know, okay. it's the lowest one of the lowest income per capita in the country, and or in in California. It's not typical California city. Mm-hmm. It's not the demographics, perhaps, that have the money to sustain your football team. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, if you flip things around and you look at the damn and say, those are the most passionate. Those are 60% Hispanics that really consume soccer. They are the true hardcore fans. There's a tremendous amount of quality players coming out of San Bernardino, the Island okay. Empire. 
and, and playing professionally elsewhere. How is that? Are they like, is there a, a, a large, sizable, like Hispanic community there? Is that why? And these yes. guys are just, they love and they're passionate about soccer. Exactly. It's over okay. 60%, I think. You so know, before so. you were there, then what were these guys doing? Like, you that, know, just basically a, high school and that's it? That's a good question. And nobody was looking at them. Okay. You know, it was a region that was neglected, you know, even by the top teams mm -hmm. that you just mentioned. Uh, I mean, LAFC just started, but yeah. Chivas USA, I think they, when they were around, mm -hmm. they're looking at doing some things in San Bernardino. Mm -hmm. um, Galaxy, I, I don't know why, what their business model and strategy is, but they, they are in other markets, but not necessarily in so the that area was traditionally being overlooked, you're saying? Yeah, it's okay. being overlooked. I mean, it's, it's tough yeah. to have a team there because even if you perhaps have bigger aspirations yeah. to play bigger leagues, um, a lot of things that are going to help you pay your bills, it's going to be TV market. Okay. So TV um, rights. And then San Bernardino doesn't have their local TV channels. Mm -hmm. I mean, we tap into this LA channel. Right. And you're absolutely right. We're competing with two baseball teams, two American football teams now. And then you have two basketball teams, you have two hockey teams. Yeah. It's too much. Right. You know, nobody's going to really pay attention. And I think that's the biggest struggle that, for instance, USL team out of Orange County mm -hmm. faces with. You know, they rarely get any TV exposure because mm -hmm. you're competing with all those different sports. Right. And there's so much sports they can show on TV. You know, you know what it is? Okay, so I've been to uh, the, the USL games. I've been to when they were OC Blues. I went there. I think the problem with these teams is, right, is... You, you can't compete with the the top division teams like MLS, right? Because it's a different it's a different game, right? And mm -hmm. uh, like you said, they're not going to turn tune into your games when there's you know multiple professional teams, right? So you have to really embrace the local community, I think, right? And at the same time, it's about like it's about fan experience, right? Like it's not about necessarily the game, right? It is the game too, and it has to be there. And if you guys are terrible on the field, that's one thing. But you, a lot of times, even though like you might not be successful on the field, you can make up for that with like a great fan experience, right? Mm -hmm. Where you know you just have like a, a family of like four is coming to a game in San Bernardino, and they're gonna go watch SoCal SC, and they just have a great time. Like you know, like there aren't too many other options out there in terms of like to actually go to a, mm -hmm. pro a professional game. Right. And I think that's something that these, you know, lower division teams, maybe some of them are not, you know, capitalizing on properly. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I think um, there's a lot of things that baseball is looking at us now because mm -hmm. they see soccer kind of taking a little bit away of baseball. Yeah. But at the same time, I think that there's things that we should look at baseball. Mm -hmm. um, I think minor league baseball 20, 30 years ago, it's exactly where minor league soccer is right now. Mm -hmm. And minor league baseball has been extremely successful because they have established themselves on these markets, yeah. smaller markets, yeah. where there's nothing there. Right. And, and then you're not selling sports, you're yeah. selling entertainment. Sure. You know, so it's a, taking a family of four and yeah. eat hot dogs and yeah. paying two, yeah. three bucks for tickets. It's a cheap entertainment. It right. might be the only thing they're going to do mm -hmm. in terms of entertainment. In terms of entertainment. So you're absolutely right. The, the, the lower division teams are definitely missing a little bit of mm -hmm. that. You need to know who you are. You know, that's that's for us. Like, we know that we're never going to be a first division team. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's LA teams. They're much right. stronger, much better communities. We are a feeder team. Mm -hmm. We are a development team. We we are gonna always going to be that development. Mm -hmm. You know, that's strategically where we position ourselves. Once you understand who you are, you're going to promote yourself accordingly, okay. you know, and then you're going to make strategies. You're going to make partnerships yeah. where you can provide a path for these players to showcase their skills there and then eventually go to these other leagues that you have partnerships with 
or you have connections with. And the same thing apply for the fans. Okay, you, well, okay, so let's, let me say this. So like, you're, you're in a smaller market, you're not at, you know, division one, so you're not expecting like 24,000 people to show up as a goal, right? Mm -hmm. What is ideal for you? Like, you know what I mean? Like in five years time, if you're hitting all cylinders, what kind of like scenario and situation and number of fans are you, are you looking at? I mean, if last year, I think, we average probably about 200, 250 people, you okay. know, that doesn't even scratch the surface to pay the bill and the cost to sure. actually play that game. Right. You know, um, I would say if we can get it to, to a thousand, mm -hmm. you know, in That'd two years in, and then three, five years from now, we can get to two, three thousand people watching our games. I think we can say that we did very well because mm -hmm. teams at, at USL, you know, there are teams yeah. at USL not doing that. Right. So, uh, yes, San Bernardino, it's a smaller market, mm -hmm. you know, but it's still island, the, the, the Island Empire. It's still a, a couple million thousand, a couple million people there. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot of people there. Right. But again, what are they consuming in terms of minor sports? We're the only, you know, there's one team that played in PSL with us that it's based out of Riverside. Mm -hmm. It's either us or them okay. in terms of soccer there. Right. Are these people traveling all the way there to go see the galaxy are they going to travel all the way there to go see lafc every once in a while right once but not, in a while, like, not yeah. like an every other weekend type of thing right and then you know growing up you brought up about brazil i grew yeah. up in brazil and and, and now it is this is one thing that i think people is totally missing okay. about like it, it's very cool to support arsenal and okay. buy barcelona jerseys and have Manchester City memorabilia in, yeah. in your house. Okay. But for me, what the best memories mm -hmm. was actually to go and watch fourth, divi fourth division soccer with my dad. Okay. You know that was that was my to go weekend. You know that was okay. the building memories. Okay. I think. But when you okay, so you were you were supporting uh, your local team, right, mm -hmm. where you grew up. Yeah, I had fourth I, division. Right? Yeah, I had I support Grêmio, which is my team in yeah. Brazil. But also in my city, there's a team called Esportivo. Okay. And Esportivo never play anything more than, you know, my state first division. I okay. think the maximum that they got maybe it was Brazilian fourth division. Okay. You know? um, yeah, but what what's the number of fans that are showing up to this game? 3,000, 5,000. See what I'm saying? It's still because, like, there's an atmosphere to it, right? Yeah, of course. Like, it, it's still, you know, people are like enjoying food, music, and they're mm -hmm. having a good time, right? Exactly. Yeah. But I think everything starts, and I tell, I tell our players, you know, you know, you don't build this atmosphere out of nowhere. Start from the players, start from the families of the ones that are directly involved. And then you have a friend, you have a cousin, you have a girlfriend, you have somebody else. And then with time, you build this atmosphere. Mm -hmm. You don't, it's not a fake. It's, it's actually right. organically, it has to be organically built. You know, you start inviting friends, hey, listen, yeah. come support me. It's not the best soccer. You're not selling soccer. You're selling this entertainment. Mm -hmm. Let's hang out. Let's spend time together. Support what I love. You know, I love playing soccer. I play for SoCal because I love soccer. I don't play for money because there's no money at this level. You know, come support me what I love. You know, I have an ultimate goal of eventually becoming a professional player. Mm -hmm. Right now, I'm better than this, but this is all it is. Mm -hmm. So let me... Let me try here. Right. Come support me because you support me ultimately, you know, an overall life goal. Okay. So I think that's that's atmosphere needs to be built. Right. So you're a you're a former player, right? You played I, in I, Brazil. Yeah, I played in Brazil, but never made it professional. I played for Grêmio, mm -hmm. all the youth level. Mm -hmm. Then I went to Argentina. I played for Ferro and and River Plate. Mm -hmm. um, and I got a scholarship to come over to the U.S. play okay. college soccer in San Diego. So I never really mm -hmm. went professional. What what do you think is the uh, the main difference in terms of uh, I guess like Brazilian players versus like American players since you have experience on both you know 
Because everyone kind of uses the Brazilian style as like the template for success, kind of, right? Mm -hmm. So, what do you think is the what is the difference between uh, U.S. style of play and Brazilian style of play? That why can't like U.S. be you know more successful or you know what I mean on the international stage? I think both 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 styles have positives and negatives. Mm -hmm. You know, Brazilian obviously have more flair mm -hmm. and has more um, ability to 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 create decision. So that's going to really make a difference in a game. Yeah. You know, in, in a perfect world, I would say I would love the Brazilian players to have uh, the American discipline. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I think U.S. Well, Brazilian players party too much, huh? It's, right? it's, 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 it's hard. But I mean, <laughs> if you put it this way, John, yeah. a lot of a lot of players in Brazil come from very poor, poor background. background, you okay. know. So one day you have nothing, the other day you wake up and you're a millionaire. Okay. You know, you, you're not... Not that discipline necessarily. You, yeah, huh? you're not yeah. really life pre prepared yeah, yeah. for that change. Okay. You know, you have all this amount of money and what do you do with it? Right. So it's, I don't know if I what will be able mm -hmm. to be disciplined, you know. I was educated, you know, but it's still, would I be able to deal with that? Mm -hmm. Deal with fame? It's not that easy too, mm -hmm. you know. So I'm not defending them. Yeah. I think... Everything has a limit. You, okay. ha you have to find a balance in right. life. When is too much, mm -hmm. you know, too little and too much of everything is never good. You have to find that balance. So you say about American style, what yeah. is the American style? I mean, there's, there is no American style. So this is what I think about American style, right? I think uh, American style of soccer, especially, they coaches and teams and even at the youth uh, levels, they reward, and this is what I see, and this is what I hear a lot of times when I ask players. They reward like the physicality of the sport, right? The athleticism. So like uh, less emphasis. I want maybe not less emphasis on skill, but they emphasize like the speed and the power, and you know what I mean, and running and that kind of thing more mm -hmm. than like technical uh, ability. I think. Well, I think they do that because mm -hmm. they. Um that's the only you always gonna you always gonna focus and highlight your advantage mm -hmm. they're much more physical mm -hmm. the, the technability is not there yet mm -hmm. but again what happens is we have to look back at the player development model that's being used in this country yeah. you, you have a lot of kids playing soccer from 6 to 12 right. and then when it comes to that crucial development stage which mm -hmm. is from 12 to 18 the players are playing something else because the money is elsewhere you know, there's a better scholarship at golf. There might be a better scholarship at baseball, American football, basketball. And then the players are coming back to play soccer at 18. Yeah. And they say, oh, I'm a sport guy. You know, I, I, you know, play soccer when I was little. And then the last six years I've been playing American football. Now I didn't cut it. Let me just go play soccer because I know how to run fast. And at a college level, I can run faster than the others. Right, right. And I'm going to get a better scholarship, you know. But is that a better soccer player? You know, is, is this a guy that's going to be a top 100 player in the world in soccer for the United States? Yeah. You have 300 million people in this country. You, you have to be able to produce a soccer player. And, and with all the respect of the so many good players out there that play for U.S. soccer, it hasn't been one that can be considered that top player worldwide. Mm -hmm. Do you think the lower division soccer in America is has like a, a, a bright future in terms of um, maybe like, for example, I want to use the example of like women's soccer, right? NWSL, they just recently signed like a three-year deal with, uh, you know, arts uh, A&E, right? And so they have a TV deal now and they're part of ownership. And so there's a lot more like uh, visibility, mm -hmm. right? Do you think lower division soccer in the U.S., it, all the way, you know, like even with USL and NASL and 
NPSL, do you think that there's that type of opportunity in the future? I think so. I think um, if if you get all these ownership groups, and and listen, rivalry in soccer it's essential, right? But that's for the fans. You know, fans need to know that club A hates B and B hates A. Behind the scenes, clubs together are much more powerful. So if all these minor league clubs can get together and stop independently, selfishly think about themselves. Mm-hmm trying to come together where they can negotiate proper TV rights yeah. that make benefit every single one of them equally. I think ultimately there is a bigger opportunity. Mm-hmm. There are clubs that are better and bigger than the others, yeah. you know, but it's been proven that, I mean, how much do you like watching Spanish league? Because, you know, Spanish league, it's either A or B that's going to win with yeah. rather, rare exceptions. Mm-hmm. I love watching Brazilian league because at the beginning of the league, uh, there's 20 players, 20 teams that play in the first division. All the 20 have a chance to win. You know, you have to have that competition. You know, there are always going to be teams with more fans and more money and more so and so than the others. But when it comes to TV rights, when it comes to all these other things, it has to be equally distributed. Perhaps you know that's that's what I believe. So behind the scenes, I think the clubs need to start working more together, and that's not what happened at the youth, um, happening at the minor league levels right, right now. Right. Uh, youth soccer is probably in America is probably broken right now, right? I mean, there's there's teams making money, but mm-hmm. the pay to play model, I think, mm-hmm. which it's it's what's broken. You okay. know, I think more and more you're gonna see the people coming here and really looking at it as a serious opportunity to play professionally and going abroad and not coming here because the opportunity is not being given to them here mm-hmm. properly. What do you think about LAFC and, uh, you know, they're going to start next year, right? And within the LA market, right, they're going to be competing against LA Galaxy, right? I think competition is good. What do you think is going to be happening next year with uh, soccer is going to raise all the profile for everybody and kind of, you know, have renewed interest for clubs like yourself? What do you think? What's going to happen? I think so. It, it takes it takes a little bit um, attention, obviously, you know, in, in the media size. But honestly, like I say to you, we have to know who, who we are. We're not competing with them. I think we have to find ways of working with them and say, rather than just looking for players randomly, mm-hmm. maybe look at this platform that we're trying to put it together for you, where maybe your next average player is already there. You know, you don't have to look for them. I think LAFC is great coming into the market. I think uh, LA is big enough that it can sustain uh, two soccer teams. Um, what I like about what they're doing is they're really trying to make this community approach where uh, they understanding that they have to embrace all these different cultures. You know, L.A. is not about Hispanics or about whites or about this and that. It's about this melting pot. You yeah. have a little bit of everything. You know, you have huge communities of all different kinds. Yeah. And, and hopefully they can continue in that line and, and, and that can convert into fans into the seats. All right. You know, what's what's helped me kind of get more interested in like fourth division teams and MPSL is when uh, I start reading and uh, hearing about and watching like these teams competing in the U.S. Open Cup. Right. And they start doing well. And uh, teams like uh, La Maquina or L.A. Wolves and they start kind of going deep in the U.S. Open Cup mm-hmm. and they actually have the ability to play against like, you know, Division Two and Division One teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes me like look more into those clubs and kind of follow the local players. Right. Uh, are it? How are you guys in the U.S. Open Cup? You know, is that something that is a is a emphasis for you guys? Yeah, I think so. Um, 
we haven't qualified. Mm-hmm. I think we we were just a few um, spots shy of qualifying last year. Mm-hmm. Is it um, just the, how many t- uh, teams from MPSL would qualify? Just I think like the top in your conference. Yeah, I think it was just the top. I think it was just okay. Albion ending up qualifying from okay. our conference. Um, listen, I think it's 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 a tough thing. I, I love the concept, mm-hmm. you know, but I really hope okay. the top teams don't try to kill it. Because what does know, that mean? That means that once La Machina okay. or LA Wolves or anybody else that it's competing against them, it's showing case, it's showing cases their mm-hmm. their weaknesses. Okay, you know, so playing these top teams that we know, you know, because we are in the world of soccer, sure. we know they're, they're not, better. You know, they're higher level, right? Supposedly, okay. right? But when you're playing them, okay. and you're making them suffer, okay. you're making them look bad. Okay, there's two options. Mm-hmm. That incentivate you mm-hmm. to get better, okay. or you decided to let's not play these guys anymore. Okay, you know, so there's all these rumors of top teams. Maybe MLS is going to mm-hmm. not play US In Cup US anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. So wow. hopefully that is not really the the, the route that they chose to go. Because mm-hmm. listen, if you are a better team, mm-hmm. then go there and kill them four zero, five zero. You know, do do what you should do right. because you're a much richer, you much yeah, bigger yeah. team. You know, I think everybody enjoys that underdog story. Though, everybody, right? everybody likes the David and Goliath, right? Look, Nobody's rooting for Goliath. Exactly. Look right. at FA Cup. You know, yeah, all these yeah. beautiful stories. Exactly. Why can we not do here in America? Right. You know. So hopefully the U.S. soccer and the guys from MLS and, mm-hmm. and you know, the top or the, the bigger leagues mm-hmm. can look at the U.S. Cup as, as a great tool, you know, yeah. a, a great uh, opportunity for us to see these underdogs, you right. know, coming and doing their Cinderella stories. Sure. Um, and, and hopefully that doesn't change. But that means, I think, uh, you know, right now it's a qualifier, right? Yeah. You have a certain number of teams per league. I think they got to find a way of giving more, mm-hmm. you know, have more teams for the minor leagues participating because right. it's it's all about putting the message out, you know, and, and there's bigger teams. Uh, I mean, there's more open opportunity there. Mm-hmm. The more teams are going to participate, the more it's going to motivate them to do better and competition is great for the game. Yeah, I see, I've seen other NPSL teams, uh, like in their preseason, right, play against... Uh, Higher division teams. I think like Chattanooga FC was playing against, uh, I forgot, you know, Atlanta United. Exactly, yeah. Atlanta United, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you, is that something that you guys are pursuing as well? Because I think that would really drum up interest, right? And yeah. I think it'd be awesome. Like if you guys played against even like let's say uh, uh, LAFC's uh, second team, right, mm-hmm. or LA Galaxy's second team, you know, for preseason, right? right? Dude, I would love to go watch that, right? Yeah. No, I think you're right. It's just um, mm-hmm. like a minor. I'm, I'm putting myself in the minor league shoes, right? Okay. Which is where we are right now. Yeah. I think we have nothing to lose to play those games, sure. right? Yeah. We're supposed to lose that game already. Right. right. But then putting myself in the other team's shoes, they're a much higher team and much yeah. bigger team. Uh, what are they getting out of that? Right. You know, it's like if I lose to these guys, right. it's going to make me look really bad. Yeah. And it's the beginning of the season. If I beat these guys, I did nothing that I should have done it. Mm. You know, like I should have won that game. Right. So why am I going to risk myself on putting myself in that <laughs> right. situation? Well, why do you think Atlanta United was willing to play Chattanooga FC? I think then? because Atlanta United, United was, uh, you know, um, it's a new franchise. Okay. And then that's a good market for them to capitalize fans outside right. Get of Atlanta. Get additional fans for that. Exactly. Okay. You know, we try to play other teams. You know, yeah. we try to play uh, USL teams here. Okay. We had a, a, a um, we had a friendly scrimmage match okay. with the trialist of Orange County Soccer Club. Okay. So we're right at the beginning of the season, and hopefully down the road, these teams can see like mm-hmm. we're good enough that provide good competition for them, yeah. and we also want to test our players against top teams. You know, right. playing 
we're always playing the same teams in the NPSL. We always want to be creative a little bit and try to, you know, showcase them in front of a better team just to see if you're really good or if you're really struggling. Right, right. Any any uh, big announcements coming up with the club or something special that fans can uh, look forward to? Just that we are in the right direction. I think yeah. um, our business plan, it's a, it's a long-term business model. Mm-hmm. Um, I think from year one, we are a little bit above than our expectations were. Mm-hmm. Um, big announcements. Hopefully, we can eventually play our games at San Bernardino Soccer Complex when mm-hmm. our arena concept there stays. Right now, we appreciate the opportunity that's been given to us to play at the Fairplex. Mm-hmm. So we're going to play our, our games in Pomona. Um, I think you know we're gonna see some good players coming out of the SoCal squad right now, and in the paper it looks really good. You know, let's see if how that converts as the season develops, mm-hmm. um, and then if next year we make it to the U.S. Open Cup, I won't be I won't be surprised that much, and hopefully mm-hmm. we we can make something uh, interesting out of that, make an impact. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Are, are there any uh, kind of future rivalries? Are you guys is like the Riverside or are they Corus? Corus, yeah. Yeah, is that are they your main uh, rival right now, or are you anticipating? Ge- like... Geographically, yeah. yes. Geographically, they okay. are. You know, they yeah. they kind of beat us last year twice, mm-hmm. so um, we haven't really we have no bragging rights mm-hmm. uh, above and beyond them. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, we can change that this year. Okay. Uh, so speaking we have... of which, right? You're talking about okay. So you guys do a, a home and away, mm-hmm. right? And then you, the, you guys lost to them at home, right? 3-2. Yeah. 3-2. I haven't seen the documentary, but I heard about it, where yeah. there was a documentary that you guys covered on your team, and you went crazy and went off on the on the players, right? Yeah. After that home loss, right? <laughs> yeah. So, like, for those people that haven't been able to watch that documentary yet, like, what was that about? Why was that so controversial? You were screaming at these guys, and was it, like... Not not uh, not safe for work language involved? What, what happened with that? I know, I know. But, yeah. I mean, that's... I guess it's... Daniel, as as it comes to to the world, you know, mm. it's it's me and my pure um, passionate. You know, I'm a passionate yeah. guy. You yeah. know, and and maybe this is why I am who I am. Mm-hmm. I think I told the producer, I told Jared at the time. I, I don't think he he does a good job <laughs> putting right. me in a good spot. But okay. there was really good reasons for us to 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 be that way. I think. Yeah. The, the weekend before, we played one of the top teams in the league and yeah. we lost to them, okay. even though we have dominated the game completely. Mm-hmm. You know, so we weren't upset because we saw that our players try their best. Mm-hmm. And then we play Chorus the following weekend. You know, not that the Chorus was the worst team, but they came with only 11 players, maybe mm-hmm. 12, maybe they had one sub. Mm-hmm. It was a two o'clock game in the afternoon. A lot of our players show up to the game late. Mm-hmm. You know, they're walking to the field as we already warming up. Right. So I was already upset with the lack of respect okay. and, and a little bit uh, disappointed with the the, the commitment. You okay. know, I mean. So if the game was the game start time was for two o'clock. Yeah. And you guys were warming up at like what time? One thirty, and 1:30 players were walking. People were walking onto the field at yeah, that time. But our players, you yeah, know. Yeah. So it was like, show a little bit of respect to your teammates, yeah. show a little bit of respect to your coaches. When are they supposed to be there by then? It's usually two hours before. Two hours before. Yeah. Okay, so they were really late then, right? They really late, yeah. yeah. But that's not really necessarily like the only reason, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, like I say, it was a very hot day. Okay. The other team doesn't have any subs. The other team got two red cards. Mm. And we still managed to lose the game right. 3-2. So you guys uh, lost the game 3-2, but you guys were up. And they had only nine players at the end of the game? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Right. So then you went off on your players and yeah, again, demanded it was you know, like, professionalism. It, exactly. Kind of thing. I yeah. mean, listen, it's not because you're in the fourth division and yeah. you, th you think you're this big dog, right? Yeah, you yeah. think that everybody thinks that they shouldn't be there. Mm. Everybody thinks that. Everybody they, thinks like this is just a stepping stone, right? Yeah, Every I, guy thinks that, right? Yeah, every soccer player yeah. thinks like, I'm much better than this. Well, I'm if, much better than everyone else, too, exactly. right? Exactly. Okay. But if you're there, mm -hmm. there's maybe a reason why you're there. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. maybe you did something in your life that mm -hmm. now you're here. And if you're better than anybody that's here, mm -hmm. then demonstrate that on the yeah. field. Prove it then, right? Now, prove it. Just okay. just go there and yeah. score five goals. Kill right. it. Be the man of the match. Yeah. Listen, if you do a great job, somebody's going to notice that mm -hmm. and going to take you to where you belong. Right. right? If you don't think you belong there, yeah. somebody's going to notice that. Okay. Showing up late, showing disrespect, yeah, yeah. playing like you don't care, that's yeah. not going to take you anywhere. If going to take you, it's going to take you to a lower level. Right. So it was a combination of factors, you know, and we felt like they needed a wake-up call. Mm -hmm everybody can judge me and say you're right or you're wrong and say it's one of the most controversial parts of the movie mm -hmm. or of the documentary. Talk to my wife about this a lot of times, why you want to showcase that. Mm -hmm. and, and it's like, here, I am who I am. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to... It makes me really want to watch the documentary now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I hope you watch it. It's, I'm it's, going to it's now. A good, it's a great I want to see that scene. Where does that scene come up? Like what, what minute mark? Oh, uh, it's about thirty. It's thirty about minutes. Yeah, in? I think All it's right, halfway. I'm fast forward and go specifically to that scene. <laughs> yeah. But basically, it kind of triggered the team and, and kind of helped yeah. them turn the season around a little the bit. The next right? five, the next five games, yeah. I think we tied one game and won four. Okay. That kind of put us in the track for right. qu uh, qualifying in the playoffs. Right. Again, you can judge me if I was wrong. Maybe yeah. I shouldn't use that much of full language. Mm -hmm. but make Was it, it in Portuguese or was it in English? No, it was in English. <laughs> Spanish too. <laughs> Spanish too, okay. So I've seen you play, right? And you still play, right? You're still in yeah. good shape and you still ball out there, I right? I know about that. <laughs> um, like me personally, uh, you know, I played in you know, high school, right? And, uh, you know, I was, of course, much better shape then, right? You know how you, you know, your coach make you, you know, run two hours before you even do practice, right? So I was in much better shape. But I think I'm a better player now, to tell you the truth. I think, like, me playing now, I could beat the younger version of me, the 18-year-old version, of right? Of course. Uh, You're more experienced. Yeah, I'm more experienced. I'm smarter. You know, I just, like, I don't, you know, run as all over the place as much. But, like, I just, you know, I'm more efficient, you know? I do a lot more one-touches, right? Maybe because I, I'm too tired to, like, hold on to the ball, right? But do you think you're better than your players? I don't think so. No, no. So don't you, you so. don't you can't hang with those guys. You like you don't get in during the practice sometimes and, and play with them. I do, I do okay. once in a while. But I, you know, yeah. physically, I'm not. There. I'm not talking about like a 90 minute game. I'm talking about like on a, you know what I mean, like a, like even a five v five futsal match. Mm -hmm. or, you know, do you think you're better than them? you can like use your size and you know what I mean? And a futsal, I think I, I think I can. You, you know, think, futsal, okay. I have I have a good. I, I mean, I grew up playing futsal, so yeah, I yeah. feel much more comfortable there. Okay. But um, on an 11 v 11, yeah. it's, it's, it's... What about skill-wise? They're, they're better than you? All your players are better than you skill-wise? There's some that are really good. Some of okay. them, they have nothing. Okay. So you're, you're like in the, so you can put yourself on the team? Yeah, I can, I can see myself uh -huh. training. I, really? I don't okay. know if I can see myself playing. Cause, okay, because when I was on varsity in my high school, uh, the team, like, you know, when I was a sophomore, our team was really good. Like, we were ranked, like, fourth in the state. And uh, our coach at the time, he was probably, like... 30 i think he was still better than all of us, of us yeah. yeah he like he played at a high level college and he was still like even though he wasn't as good of a shape he was still like better yeah his skills yeah. like you don't it's like riding yeah. bike yeah. once you learn it right. you're never really going to forget it mm -hmm. so if you have the skills i, I yeah. still i still feel like i have the skills but i don't know like i say if i have the fitness mm -hmm. soccer is so much faster right now yeah yeah nowadays it's, it's really about keeping possession right. and running 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 i don't so know you don't can so do you that. don't jump into the practice I, I do jump but you, you demonstrate some skills or what yeah, once in a while okay. fridays fridays the day before the match we mm -hmm. usually have a little bit of uh 
hang out with the players a yeah. little bit more casual so you once in That's a while i try in. i try to get in have, there. have you seen that one video uh i think it's it's either a uh, it's either a south american i don't think it was uh i don't think it was brazil i think it was like a south american team it might have been a mexican team it's a coach where the coach is doing drills with their players right that's volleys oh, seen you've seen it yeah. he's doing volleys right and then they're supposed to is it a pass or a shot from the volley? It's a shot from the volley. Shot from the volley, right? Yeah. And then he starts screaming because I guess they were shooting too high. Is that what it was? And he wanted them to do like low. No, it was it. Or the passes. Were... The through ball where he should. I think you're talking about Tuca mm -hmm. Tigres. Okay. Maybe. Tell the, me. Okay. So yeah, it's then... the yellow and blue. Yeah. Yeah. And he wanted the ball to be passed through specifically to a spot. Mm -hmm. And these players weren't passing. They were like, shoot. they were yeah. like, what? It was a shot or it was just bad passes? The bad passes. Yeah. yeah. He, they were like and chipping goes, it kind of, right? And he goes there and demonstrates Yeah, and it. doesn't like, bam, on one time, right? <laughs> like, And then once he screamed, like, I'm like 50 years old and I can still do it. Like, exactly. I can't understand exactly, but I could tell that's what he was saying, right? Pretty much. Like, hey, I'm 50 years old and I can still do this. What is wrong with you, right? That yes. guy has a lot of uh, passion. Passion. Yeah. Are you like that during your, your practice I sessions? I think I Because you're a pretty intense guy too, right? Yeah, I think yeah. I am and you know it makes you it makes you have good friends but mm -hmm. also makes you some enemies and i yeah. you know it's not my way or the highway i just feel like it if you don't put passion in everything you do yeah. you're not going to be successful you know and i am high intense but i am high intense because mm -hmm. it's 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 listen who how many people out there can say i work on something that i love mm -hmm. you know my hobby and yeah. my life and my yeah. personal life and my work life it gets all mixed up because right. I never know when I'm working and I never know when I'm having fun because I'm having fun when I'm working right. and vice versa. Yeah. So you're very passionate about what you're doing. You're saying, right? Every day for me is a Friday. You know, every day is a good day, you know, because I'm doing what I love. How many people out there can say that? Right. So, you know, you, whatever it is, you got to find your niche and, yeah. and go for it. So with that passion and with that uh, intensity, right, are your players like uh, intimidated by you? Are they scared of you? I hope not, but I they, <laughs> sometimes they they, they they could be. Yeah. Okay. How do they? What do they refer to you as? Like, what do they call you? Coach. Coach. They coach, call you coach. coach. Yeah. Okay. Just coach. All right. Yeah, which is fine. You know. It, yeah. it, it, listen, I don't. I talk. It is kind of like a debate inside of my own house. You know, mm -hmm. because it, it. I just demand respect. I think yeah. you can respect me in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily respect means you have to bow down to me every time you see me. That might not be respect. Okay. Respect for me maybe is appreciate everything that we are doing for you. Because if it wasn't us, mm -hmm. maybe nobody else was going to be there. What would you be doing now mm -hmm. if it wasn't because of this club? Yeah. What would you be doing now if it wasn't because of what we're trying to do here? Right. That for me is respect. Appreciate what we're trying to do. Okay. That's interesting that you say that. I'm curious. What's the, the typical profile of your players then? Are these guys like just graduated high school kind of and they're not really working or are they working part-time and they're doing this part-time what's the kind of the normal average profile for you guys I, it's a little bit of everything okay. i have kids that still in high school okay. <laughs> still high school and playing for us okay but um, okay so then uh, there's no minimum age for mpsl no they can be 16 15 and play i believe so okay. yeah i don't think i don't think we have any 15 year old players okay. i know we had some 18s and yeah. there was no problem okay we had 17 years old last year um, some are in high school still. So in high school, playing on their high school team as well, or no? No, no okay, because really. they're signing a pro contract with right. you, right? Mm -hmm. All right. So the so that high school coach probably doesn't like you then, right? Not necessarily. Because <laughs> well, my high school coach and like my top two players are you know playing with you guys and not for my team. I'd be like, oh man, and then, I would understand it. it, but... it there's there's so many rules in high school that yeah, you cannot yeah. play like the the development academy. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. there are players that either don't have the grade okay. or don't I have see. the so they might not even be able to play anyways, right? Like exactly. they don't have the two GPA or, or something, they're right? too good for their high school team and yeah. they say, listen, why am I gonna 
you want to be challenged, mm -hmm. especially at that age. And yeah. one of the things I liked what Klisman was trying to do when he was the coach for the U.S. soccer team. Okay. He said, hey, listen, our guys are not being challenged enough. Mm -hmm. You know, you got Brazil. They're playing against top teams when they're 16, 17, 18 okay. years old. What are our 17, 18 year, year mm -hmm. players are doing? Yeah. Play against each other in the development academy. Okay. You know, playing college. Yeah. You know, are they really being challenged to the top level? Mm -hmm. It's great quality. It's still, I mean, development academy. I go watch yeah. some of the games. It's great quality soccer. Yeah. Same thing in college. You see some good quality players. Mm -hmm. But are they being challenged? enough okay. so this is what the guys are looking for so okay. i have a little bit of everything you know okay. i think our older oldest players it's 26 okay so we opted to give more opportunity to the younger guys mm -hmm. um none of our players are you know like really on the sunday type of sunday league type of guys yeah. you know they're really guys that really think they still have a chance even though yeah. i tell my 25 26 year old guys mm -hmm. guys if you haven't made it past 23 i mean mm -hmm. let's start thinking about something else you know okay. because nobody's going to give you a chance you know if yeah. he hasn't happened if you yet. haven't got it yet okay yeah. so you have like 25 26 year old players on your team yeah but it's only but you're realistic you're realistic to them though right obviously so yeah. then what's the what's the message that you're giving to these guys it's, what do you why you know what i mean are you telling them hey just you know be here and just play for the passion what, what's the message you tell to, to that guy no the message is very clear it's, is it's clear to everybody you okay. know it's like this is a development team okay you know people are here are looking for an opportunity okay they have to self kind of judge themselves and say listen am i going to really get an opportunity at 26 mm -hmm. some people think they are mm -hmm. reality you know at soccer mm -hmm. if you pass 22 23 yeah. and you haven't made it yeah tough it's really tough okay. it's, it's just like going to the job market you know a company is not going to hire a 30 year old with no experience yeah, yeah. they'd much rather hire an 18 with no experience sure. because they can teach them so then what are you telling to the 26 year old what do you say? We're not saying anything. They, they know. That, <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. So if I'm 26 and I'm like, hey, coach, I want to try out. What do you say? Go ahead. And, Go ahead. and you just don't say anything or what? No, no. We, we do you say it. What do you say, though? They know they know what the team is for. This is a development team. team. So, right. hey, you, you're welcome to play on the team. If but, you have yeah. the skills and you're better than okay. 23, right. obviously, we want to give preference to the young So you say, So you say that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So playing time and all that. Like, even if a 26-year-old say is better than a 22-year-old, you're going to give playing time preference to the 22 year old exactly okay so he knows that. they know that okay. they come and clearly know yeah. the conditions so then the guys are like kind of on the bench even though they might be better it, it could be yeah. it could be and and again there are other teams in yeah. the league that might choose a different path right again yes we want to win the npsl yeah that's goal but that's not goal number one it's not. goal number one is developing players right goal number one is sell a b c d at the end of the season to teams a b c d abroad right. or here in the u.s right that's so, what we're doing so specifically to your club mm -hmm. the primary goal of your team is to develop players and to uh and that you view them as assets you're training them and you're providing a platform and then to sell them to higher level teams that's, that's the, the primary goal that's the that's yeah. i would say that's the sole goal okay okay and other teams they are maybe trying to win games and sell tickets and that's their avenue of revenue model right which i respect yeah but you're saying your revenue different. model is different right different, development yeah. exactly okay. got it wow that's interesting yeah uh, okay so wrapping up here any kind of last words that you want to leave to to your fans and encourage kind of guys to you know keep up with uh socal sports club yeah i think um i appreciate the opportunity john thank you um one message that i want to just give mm -hmm. it out uh, support local soccer you mm -hmm. know Try to create those those memories with your family and and provide this opportunity. Help us provide this opportunity to more kids. Help us leave it a legacy that's going to really transform 
soccer in this country you know continue being arsenal continue being barcelona whatever you want to be fans mm -hmm. you know they can do okay without your jersey mm -hmm. or your ticket that you you buy to go watch them in the summer when they come here with their four team um mm -hmm. you know there's nobody going to take that legacy away and those memories away of supporting local soccer you know that's that's what i think this is all about Awesome, awesome. Okay, thanks again, once again, for tuning in. Uh, the Urban Pitch Podcast is the game of life. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.